sprigs. Don't quite see why I write in this vein. My hands tremble. I want to shriek or to smash something with a bang. This mood is hardly suitable for the bland unfolding of a leisurely tale. My heart is itching, a horrible sensation. Must be calm, must keep my head. No good going on otherwise. Quite calm. Chocolate, as everybody knows. Let the reader imagine here a description of its making. Our trademark on the wrapper showed a lady in lilac with a fan. We were urging a foreign firm on the verge of bankruptcy to convert their manufacturing process to that of ours to supply Czechoslovakia, and so that was how I came to be in Prague. On the morning of the 9th of May, I left my hotel in a taxi which took me... Dull work recounting all this. Bores me to death. But yearn as I may to reach the crucial point quickly, a few preliminary explanations seem necessary. So let us have done with them. The firm's office happened to be on the very outskirts of the town, and I did not find the fellow I wanted. They told me he would be back in an hour or so. I think I ought to inform the reader that there has just been a long interval. The sun has had time to set, touching up on its way down with sanguine the clouds above the Pyrenean mountain that so resembles Fujiyama. I have been sitting in a queer state of exhaustion, now listening to the rushing and crashing of the wind, now drawing noses in the margin of the page— now slipping into a vague slumber and then starting up all a-quiver. And again there would grow in me that prickly feeling, that unendurable twitter, and my will lay limp in an empty world. I had to make a great effort in order to switch on the light and stick in a new nib. The old one had got chipped and bent and now looks like the beak of a bird of prey. No, these are not the throes of creation— but something quite different. Well, as I was saying, the man was out, would be back in an hour. Having nothing better to do, I went for a stroll. It was a fast, fresh, blue-dappled day. The wind, a distant relation of the one here, winged its course along the narrow streets. A cloud every now and then pawned the sun, which reappeared like a conjurer's coin. The public garden, where invalids were hand-pedaling about, was a storm of heaving lilac bushes. I looked at shop signs, picked out some word concealing a Slav root familiar to me, though overgrown with an unfamiliar meaning. I wore new yellow gloves and kept swinging my arms as I rambled on aimlessly. Then, all of a sudden, the row of houses broke, disclosing a vast stretch of land that at first glance seemed to me most rural and alluring. After passing some barracks, in front of which a soldier was exercising a white horse, I trod upon soft, sticky soil. Dandelions trembled in the wind, and a shoe with a hole in it was basking in the sunshine under a fence. Farther on, a hill, splendidly steep, sloped up into the sky, decided to climb it. Its splendor proved to be a deception— Among stunted beeches and elder shrubs a zigzag path with steps hewn into it went up and up. 
I fancied at first that after the very next turning I should reach a spot of wild and wonderful beauty, but it never showed itself. That drab vegetation could not satisfy me. The shrubs straggled on bare ground, polluted all over with scraps of paper, rags, battered tins. One could not leave the steps of the path, for it dug very deep into the incline, and on either side tree roots and scrags of rotting moss stuck out of its earthen walls like the broken springs of decrepit furniture in a house where a madman had dreadfully died. When at last I reached the summit, I found there a few shacks standing awry, a washing line, and on it some pants bloated with the wind's sham life. I put both elbows on the gnarled wooden railing, and, looking down, saw, far below, and slightly veiled by mist, the city of Prague. Shimmering roofs, smoking chimneys, the barracks I had just passed, a tiny...